It stopped. It stopped. It stopped. It stopped. It stopped. Eventually, took its time. That last little fan was like, no, 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 no. Pithu. You. You. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know how it feels. Me too. But, um, yes. There's times when my brain does the dying fly spiral of death as well. Sploop. Mm. Like that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes. Yeah. That's pretty much what happens, really. It is. It is. It all gets too much and you're like, no. Stall. Can't. Clonk. Epic fail. Epic fail. Blue screen of brain death. Mm-hmm. Mm. Guru meditation. How about that? Yeah. Blast from the past or what? <laughs> when Back when error messages had character and they weren't just hexadecimal memory addresses. Which lead to your error has been caused by an error. Yeah. Mm. Yes, in that classic, helpful Microsoft uh, style. Not very. This error has been caused by an error. And you can go and look up the number on the websites and things, and it'll always be the Microsoft uh, uh, forums or whatever, where it's like, ah, yes, this error, and you need to do this. And it'll basically the it'll be a simple step-by-step -step process. First, reprogram Windows from the ground up yourself. Mm-hmm. Then, build a new computer. Out of orange peel and rabbit sticks. Rabbit sticks? Rabbit sticks. They're very rare, you know. They are. Mm. Try building a computer out of one. Indeed. You, you have to be careful to get adequate conductivity. That's the thing. Got to do it. So sometimes you have to buy like little thin uh, copper wire, mm. wrap it around the rabbit sticks. And then fire it into the roof, which shatters into a hexadecimal thingy and brings down the rebellion. Indeed. Mm. Yes. Good. I'm glad I've got that right. Hmm. Hang on. Brings down the rebellion. Whose side are you on? I don't know. I <laughs> just complete my brain failed. <laughs> uh, Music goes here? Yeah, why not? All right. Good a place as any. Let's do that then. Okay. doodly 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 doo. Our music doesn't sound anything like that whatsoever. No, but that's okay. Yeah. It'll do. It'll go there. Um, so, music screeches to a grinding halt. <laughs> crash. I, I couldn't do the crash sound effect. Um, so you just yelled crash instead. Yeah. Okay. And um, we step out of the um, wreckage, brush ourselves down. Well, we are the wreckage, to be fair. Well, I do my best. I know. Um, dust myself off. Hot mess. 
straighten my very stylish goggles. Don't straighten anything, darling. Well, for a given value. Okay, fine. Um, and I turn to you and I say, this is the BBC. No, this is not the BBC. <laughs> this is the BBC Home Service. <laughs> <clears throat> Only it isn't. It's us. Hello. Hello, lovely listeners. Lovely listeners. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to the lovely listeners? Hello, lovely listeners. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. How was that? Some of which is useful. Some of which is useful. Better? And I am Kate, and I am neither heathen nor useful. But I <laughs> am here because it's where I live. So unless you want to boot me out of the house and lock the door. No, I'm good, thanks, Joe. I'm staying right here for the duration. All right. So what are we going to be durationing? Durating? Durate? During? What are we going to be... What are we going to be enduring tonight? <laughs> Actually, they... that was pretty accurate. To what, be fair. what are the lovely listeners going to be forced to endure? Ellie, lovely listeners, <clears throat> welcome to episode one hundred and sixty of the one, podcast. One hundred and sixty. Isn't that a thing? How the times do fly. The time does fly. Pauses for audience applause. Not a sausage. Not a sausage. Spare me <laughs> a knapsack. Exit stage left. <laughs> Tempus frangit. Well, it does with me, yeah. Mm -hmm. To be honest. Um, Take my eyes off it for a second, then it's gone. Franged. Mm. Just like that. Um, yeah, uh, we normally have a topic. Do we have a topic this evening? We do. Settle in, lovely listeners. Warm your knees. Settle in. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Welcome, welcome to our lovely new listeners. Settle in, you'll be fine. You'll pick it all up in no time. Grab a biscuit as the tin goes round. Get a drink of choice. Scooch, scooch up close to the flames. Not too close to the flames. Not too I close. I mean, you know, no. within to within the sort of the sort of warm. The Goldilocks zone. The Goldilocks zone. That's what yeah. we're looking for. We're looking for warmth. We're not looking for scorching. We're not looking for scorched. No. No. Um, and today. Today. Tonight. Yes. Today. Tonight. This morning. Whatever it is you happen to be listening to this. Time. We are going to be talking about... Well, I thought it was about time. We did a rune spotlight, actually. We haven't done one for a little while. It's been a bit. And I thought we'd talk about one of the runes in the third act. So we are looking at the Elder Fulthart Williams. I thought we'd do a bit of a deep dive. Aha, pun, see what I did there. Into the rune Lagus. A deep dive into the Lagus. Yes. Nice. I know, right? How good was that? Imagery. I've been saving that one all day. I like it. I've been saving that one because Lagus, as a as an initial in, an initiatory uh, 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 superficial face level detail, mm. means lake, lake water, water. Yeah, sea. Sometimes, well, depending on. I mean, it's one. Let me stop. Hammer time. Rewind. Thanks. So it appears in each of the three poems that we have. So it's in the Anglo-Saxon, it's in the Norwegian, and it's in the Icelandic. Okay. We're primarily going to be focusing on the Anglo-Saxon rune poem. Okay. And we'll put some links to the verses in the description, lovely listeners, so you can go and explore them for yourself. And here we get to talk a little bit about Kennings, and I know we've talked about them before. They're like the 
a phrase that describes something, but does it in such a way that it can remind you of something else? They're a kind of a a sort of poetic met- metaphor. Yeah, they're kind of like a Viking meme, basically. Mm. Okay. They remind you of one thing and have a layer of potentially at least one other thing in there. Yeah. Like a lot of the memes we see now made out of popular culture, the way that we understand them is because we know that culture. Mm. And those those films, those TV shows are very, very familiar to us, so we understand the humour that's in them. Okay. And the the humour that's in them values is is the same parallel values to our own humor so we find it funny yeah so it's also um you know memes that we find entertaining or that where we use them to have a a popular image that we then subvert into something else so you've got that expectation of surprise as well it's basically captain america i i understood that reference kind of yeah which in itself is, is a, a reference. Is now a meme as is well. A, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and that leads me further on to think. Yeah, I apologise if I'm leaping ahead here, um, but the we have um, in terms of historical looking backery. Mm-hmm. There's a proper proper technical term for it, I'm sure. Okay. But looking back at things that uh, previous cultures have written and created, um, they if they don't sort of sit down and um, uh, write out clearly with the intent of explaining what it is they're talking about without any sort of pre-expectation that the reader will get the references, Mm. it can kind of fox fox the reader. So somebody looking back on a piece of, of writing or history or whatever that was written a thousand years ago. We might, we don't have the cultural embedded embed we're not embedded in that culture so we mm. don't get all of the nuance that is in that reference it's it i'm just to go off at a slight tangent for a moment um, because we definitely don't ever do that because we never ever do that um i'm thinking first of all of um thingamy and what's it at tanagra yes or whatever it is uh the uh, episode star trek next generation episode darmok yes um, where Captain Picard is stranded on a planet with a captain of a foreign ship, and the cat, the other captain, is from a, a a culture that communicates entirely by metaphor and reference, mm. based in their own mythology. Yeah, and Picard has to try to work out how to communicate when he doesn't understand any of the references that are being made. Yes. Um, and of course, it, we have a we have real life examples of it as well. Um, and I'm I'm at the risk of treading on uh, 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 sensitive ground. Um, I'm mindful of the Book of Revelation in the Christian mm. Bible, which is very much based in symbolism uh, and probably would have been fairly well understood by the people of the time. But of course, to us. It's very wildly open to interpretation because we don't have that context mm. of to, of, to of embed it in. Mm. So Kennings are like these cultural, um, contemporary memes almost. Yeah, the the things where we understand if I say the words "I'll be back," yes, you get the reference. Yep, yep. you understand where it's from. 
And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember where that's from. And and like as not, that would apply to people who, you know, a lot of people who haven't ever seen The Terminator. Yeah, we'll know that. We'll know name. what that's from, yeah. Yeah, so, but to somebody else, mm. a thousand years in the future, they're not going to understand that at all. Mm. So what we have here are kennings, which are, they're kind of like contemporary memes. Yeah. They're ways of describing something in a surprising or unusual way which brings connotations of other things into it. So in this particular verse, especially in the Anglo-Saxon verse, you've got things like, and the seahorse needs heeds not the bridle. The seahorse heeds not the bridle. Yeah. Okay. So we can understand this one fairly easily. It's sadly not a seahorse you can ride on. Unfortunate, because I have an image in my head of vikings on seahorses that of you can course. ride and that is an awesome image yeah it's more likely to be in this case that the waves are very high and the seahorse is a ship and it's heeding not the bridle it's not taking the instruction that you give it yeah so it's a ship that doesn't matter what commands you are giving it via the steerboard it ain't going there it's not doing it because it knows where it's going and it ain't in agreement with your assessment. Yeah, because the water is doing other things, mm. you're not able to navigate that. So we've got this image of the boat not taking the navigation, but we've also got the image of the a willful horse not going where you're trying to put it. Yeah. So it's like the boat is alive and it's going against your wishes and you're the rider on the boat. And it's not going where you want it to go. And it makes sense when you think about it, because it's like when you when you see a horse that's uh, taken fright or what have you, somebody's somebody's riding it. It can be kicking up and yeah. rearing and, 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 and basically trying to get this person off its back because the person wants it to do something it doesn't want to do because it's scared and it wants to run away and yeah. whatever. And it does. It is reminiscent of a ship, you know, bucking on the waves and yeah, wanting to going, go its own way. Yeah. Mm. So this verse in the Anglo-Saxon room poem contains those kennings, those sort of image-heavy um, memes, if you like, yeah. ways of understanding. But for the Vikings, um, for us at the moment, oceans are almost our borders. Yes. I mean, we're on the UK, we live on an island. Yeah. We have a certain amount of the water around us is considered UK waters, and after that it might be international waters yeah. or belong to another country. Mm. Those pieces of ocean become our borders, yeah. our barriers, mm. our ways of defining this is what is within our border and this is what is without our border. Yeah. But for the Vikings, oceans are not borders. They're motorways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're where you can go really, really, really fast yep. and to a lot of different places. Yeah. So for them, the oceans and rivers are not inconvenient edges of territory. They're mm. the major thoroughfares through the world. They're the way they navigate. Yeah. They're not only navigating the seas, but they're navigating things like the rivers through eastern um Russian territory, yeah. you've got the huge big rivers that they end up sailing up and down and creating merchant routes on. Yeah. There's, the city um, of like York, it's on a huge big tidal river and then a smaller one and the Vikings are coming up the river and trading. Yeah, I was going to say there's um, there's a display in uh, at the Jorvik Viking Centre mm. uh, on, uh, on Coppergate in the city of York. And uh, it, it talks uh, about a, 
it, it gives a, a very unfortunately very brief because you can only be brief i mean a tour of the the, the viking center takes what about an hour yeah about an hour Some, and a half something like yeah, that hour and, hour and a half and you've got an awful lot of stuff to get through yeah. Um, but it tries to cover. It tries to give a, a, a bit of a summary of a, a lot of sort of what was, what was going on when York was in its sort of Viking era heyday, mm. um, and um, and it does talk about the, the 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 routes that they would take from sort of Scandinavia, Denmark, Iceland, uh, and you know from 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 sort of the bits of Britain when they were setting out from from here, um, and how they would take. You know, they would travel all the way down the rivers that you, you kind of look at them and you just think, how could you possibly? <laughs> but of course, they had very shallow draft on the boats. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they were very, uh, they, they could quite happily make their way down, up, down rivers. Mm. And as you say, yeah, they, 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 they sort of end up all, all the way down into the Black Sea, um, all the way, you know, through any anywhere where there's a, and of course, they can carry them as well. Yeah. Which was which is quite interesting Get, because take them short distances over land and just drop them into the next river or yeah. ocean and you're off again. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it it, it is. It's uh, their their reach was was incredible when you sort of yeah. look at the maps and you realise where they were going and how they were getting there. So yeah, just it, one of the books that's recently come out has just come to mind and it's a book called River Kings by Kat Yarman and that is. Again, it's looking at them being masters of the river and these far-reaching trade routes that mm. stretch all the way, you know, into what we now know as Russia, all the way into uh, Scotland, into Ireland, into the north coast of France. They're going through the north of France yeah. um, and also into the northern lands and eastwards, westwards, everywhere. Down, down, right down to, I mean... The, once you get into the into the Black Sea, you're down to Byzantium. Mm. Sorry, uh, down to Constantinople. I mean the Byzantine Empire. Yeah. Um, so and they certainly got there. And from there, you're on you're on trading routes that that, that stretch right out into Asia. Yeah. Um, and so on. So. So yeah, there's plenty of definitely plenty of exploration that you can do around their use of water and their mm. understanding of tides and river flow, oceans, ways to navigate the land that yes they lived on the land but they pretty much lived on the water as well yeah and so yeah these it gives them that direct access to a lot of coastal and riverine towns and settlements mm. they might do the occasional raid they might trade as well they're kind of doing a mixture of both yeah yep. and they're very much using the rivers as a way not as a boundary but as a motorway mm. and for me this really kind of brings part of that but it's kind of internalizing it a little bit for me as water and flow as a, a representation of the mind. Okay. And how do we navigate that? Mm. And that our mind is not a border, but a motorway. Our mind has instincts. It has unconscious thoughts. It has memory. It has the movement of weird being affected on our lives and our weird affecting other lives yeah how do we steer a safe path through those riptides of complex decisions mm. how do we weigh up ethical values in a a decision which is just bad versus bad yeah how do we start navigating how do we get to know ourselves and yeah that 
that could be just a whole podcast on its own is how do you dip into your own mind and how do you start getting to know yourself and how do you start finding those places you're uncomfortable and why navigating the coastal waters and the rivers of our brains pretty much yeah the mind is an endless we are ocean li- essentially we, we are littoral minded <laughs> Littoral, coastal, riverine. Okay, fine. Okay, sorry. I was working on that one for ages. It's a journey which is never fully completed. (laughs) We don't ever get to the point where we understand all of ourselves entirely. Mm. We never do. We just strip back another layer and go to the one underneath it. And we start navigating that and understanding that a bit more. And then we go underneath that or to the side of that or around that. And we find another bit of mind coastline that we haven't come across before. And we start exploring that. Yeah. And it kind of very neatly brings me to the word reflection. Okay. Reflection is a mirror image in water or another reflective surface. Mm. Commonly we have mirrors and we get very, very good ones. Yes. um, That can show us ourselves in very high detail and some of them magnify which is quite a scary thought yeah well yes but originally mirrors as sheets of metal that are highly polished which give you a reflection back when you look at them in the light yeah and they reflect the light back onto your face and reflect your face in that surface it's odd this is something that's that's occasionally um occasionally i sort of think of and i think how strange it must be you know with the, the things we take for granted in the modern day as you say um you know a sheet of metal beaten flat and polished 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 until it's as it's as glinty as it can possibly be but it's still terrible as a mirror Mm. in comparison to an actual mirror and it makes you realize you know that in old times people didn't used to know what they looked like no at the (laughs) at the best they'd get like a you get a portrait painter you'd get a sort of shadowy yeah. Kind of kind of va- vaguely foggy, blurry image of yourself. Yeah. But, you know, it's like we can we can look at ourselves now. I mean, I'm not prone to mirrors myself for obvious reasons, but, you know, we can look at ourselves in the most minute detail and be fam- completely familiar with what we look like. Yes. But they weren't. But they wouldn't have been. No. So you would have had a portrait painter that would show you what you look like or you'd catch a glimpse of yourself in a dark window or a, yeah. even then the plate glass is not brilliant yeah. but a reflective surface like water mm. gives you that reflection but reflection is also a method of thinking in which we can process emotions thoughts events behaviors yeah and take a step back off the original understanding of them and we can look at reframing them it's got a goal of reframing them in a new way Mm. or a different way or even reframing them as a conscious choice in the same way but knowing that you've made that choice consciously yeah so for me the water of this room yes it relates to that tidal travel yes it really relates to riverine and oceanic travel Mm. but it's also that very much a neat metaphor for the mind because I'm... what we see on the surface is not what goes on underneath and the underneath is just infinite yeah it's it is interesting it can have these these sort of multiple layers of meaning as you say sort of sort of journeys the opportunity to 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 get from one place to another mm. and all that kind of thing and and reflectivity 
reflectivity is, is is interesting to me at the moment, if you if, if I may, mm. um, because as we are recording this, we are um, just in the um, Roman festival of Nemeralia, um, which is the around the Ides of August. So sort of 13th to the 15th. Um, and it's a it's a festival in honor of the goddess Diana. Um, she is um, associated in particular with an area called Arecchia, which is still, I think, called something similar, but in Italian now. Okay. Uh, in Latium, which is modern day Lazio. Um, and the, she has a lake um, and it is called the in Italian. It's called the Lago di Nemi. Uh, Nemus means sacred grove. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diana has uh, famously had a historically had a shrine at what's now Lake Nemi in um, Italy, just south of Rome. Wow. <clears throat> and that is basically it looks like a crater lake. I don't know the geology of the place, but it's basically it's a it's a very round basin, a bowl uh, in the landscape with the, the, the lake lying in there. And it's also known as Diana's Mirror. Um, so we've got, and it just, it's been, it's been on my mind as we've been talking because obviously we have the mirror symbolism <clears throat> in the water. Mm. We have Lago, the lake, yes. Lagos. Lagos. You know, you've got a similar, presumably a similar etymology there or a related etymology there. And it just tied in quite nicely given the time of year we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, it does a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's very much that personal exploration. It's very much that deepening understanding of self Mm. and when this rune comes out for me if it's coming out upright it's looking at things like unconscious thought unconscious bias instinct okay those sometimes we can train our instincts we can hone them Mm -hmm. sometimes my instincts just kind of wander out of the open gate and disappear over the horizon (laughs) and i don't see them again for a week but sometimes we can look at working with a professional to bring things that are in the unconscious into the conscious Mm. and yeah for me ethically if you're thinking about doing that with something that you know is going to be quite emotionally heavy find a professional that you can work with Mm -hmm. to do that work and just you know do it in tandem don't try and lift it on your own you don't have to it's nicer when you're weightlifting to have a spotter that's what a therapist is they're a spotter who can just help you and encourage you and maybe push you to go a little bit further than you would on your own, but also is there to give you that safety net space. Or what do climbers call it? Belay? Belay, yes. Somebody's holding onto your rope and yeah. generally making it, you know, so that you, you've you got somebody like watching to see if you're going to fall off or not. Yeah, like yeah. a belay. Yeah, um, particularly if you're, if you're planning on delving deeply into your lake. Yes, um, and... But there are things you can do to get to know yourself. Mm. Um, But yeah, just keep in mind that you might want to at any point choose to think about working with a professional for some of this stuff and not unboxing it on your own. Yeah. So for me, the word reflection is kind of key here, not just reflection, reflective surfaces. Mm. Did you know magpies can actually pick themselves their own reflection out? They know it's them. I didn't know magpies. Mind you, Corvid's. Yeah, they are corvids, aren't they? And Crazy smart. Corvids are very, very smart. Yeah. Yeah, I know this. This is um, this is one of the tests of 
awareness of self. Sort yeah, I was going to say yeah. sort of intelligence in a particular way. You put an animal or a bird or whatever in front of a mirror, um, and what they they'll they'll sometimes do is they'll put a little mark on the the animal or on yeah, the like bird. a little coloured sticker. Yeah, yeah, and it'll look in the first of all. Is it trying to fight its own reflection? Yeah, that's one thing you get particularly with birds and things. They'll try and puff up and do displays and things too. Yeah. Um, is it trying to is it trying to fight its own reflection? And then secondly, if you put a mark on the actual bird itself that it can't see, yeah, because obviously it's looking, it can't see, it look at its own face, but it looks in the mirror and it sees the mark. Does it start looking mm. f on itself for the mark because it knows it's there because it works out that's a reflection? Yeah, and that's a mark of that particular kind of intelligence. Yeah, I didn't know magpies. I didn't know magpies could do it then. Magpies are mad clever. Okay, so yeah, reflections and being able to increase our own skill of reflection, mm. being able to take any interaction that we have in a day and using it as a way to go deeper into ourselves and understand what forms us. Yeah. So where we are a collective of every experience we've ever had. Mm-hmm. We are a collective of friendships we've had in the past or um, nurturing figures that we've had in the past yeah. that have shaped who we are. And thinking about the reactions that we show, whatever reactions they are, whether they're quite strong or they're quite you know, controlled, yeah. those reactions are based in something and come from somewhere. Yeah. We don't kind of get a manual when we're a small child and they go, read this, this oh. is how everybody reacts. No. Wouldn't it be nice, though? It would have been really nice had I been there the day they handed those out. I yeah. was not. <laughs> everybody else got one. I didn't. It does feel that way, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> so thinking about being able to reflect on our experiences, and especially if we have a strong emotional reaction to something, mm. being able to stop and pause and think, right, where did that come from? What is that reaction rooted in? What depth is that? That's something under the surface mm. that is causing a reaction at the surface. But yeah. I don't know what that something is. And I might need to just go dig for that and see what it is. Mm. So, yeah, for me, yes, this rune is river travel. And yes, there is that instant link with the the sailors that they were and the mm. traders that they were by oceans, by seas, by rivers the trade routes that they formed and maintained with places like the Arab world. And we get some small things like there's the little tiny Buddha statue. We'll put the links in the description. Yeah. There's the Carnelian bead, which set Dr. Yaman off on writing River Kings. Okay. Um, that the Carnelian bead has come all the way from like halfway across the world and she tracks it back to where she found it on a dig. Oh, wow. And okay. therefore that starts her exploration off into River Kings. Yeah, yeah. To some of the current research that's going on into temporary and winter camps, especially on the continent, and how they were networked together. Mm. To our own understanding of the movement of weird. To being able to steer those very, very complex riptides of ethical decision-making. Mm. That that social situations that we have to learn to navigate and negotiate and find a safe route through sometimes yeah. to looking at the depths of our own brain, which, spoiler alert, will not end. 
You will never be able to get to the bedrock at the bottom. It ain't going to happen. There is too much water. There's like there's like a little salamander or something, isn't there? Sitting salamander at, in sit, the brain. Sitting at the bottom. Probably. Looking up, looking up at you and going like that with its Bloop. little tongue thing that they have. Bloop. So, yeah. Blinking. Lovely listeners, if you find your brain salamander, please let us know. <laughs> that would be great. So, for me, it's very much about that instinct and that finding those safe routes and being able to navigate and those things like the play on the word reflection almost as a meme in itself yeah as a pun on words between a facial mirror recognition of ourselves and who we are self kind of with a capital s the self yeah the self as an individual belonging to an ecosystem belonging to multiple communities having multiple identities that sometimes overlap mm. that sometimes are entirely separate and we want to keep them so yeah so how for me this rune how do we understand ourselves do we understand ourselves no can we start understanding ourselves oh uh, yeah big Hi- trick hypothetically i suppose hypothetically <laughs> yeah so yeah it's kind of it's a deceptive room for me, not because it's deliberately trying to create falsehood, but because no. you're looking on the surface with reflection, that reflective water surface, and you're seeing yourself in the water. Yeah. Not only are you seeing your own face in the water, but the depth of water is representative of the depth of your mind as well. Yeah. Those currents that go underneath, the things that are hidden that you can't see that are in your unconscious, but very much affect what's going on on the surface. Mm that affect your your conscious, your day-to-day thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this rune. A deep rune. It's a deep, deep rune. And there's also a slightly random connection with leaks. Um, oh, let me just... Right, leaks as in escaping water or leaks as in long vegetables with, like, on the top. You know what I mean? The long vegetables with the fl. fl. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. How on Those. earth are we connected? Apart from L, apart from L, with the L. I'm yes. assuming we're going to be Lagos being... is L. It's it's not just that 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 it begin leak begins with an L and that's the connection. No, no, it's not. There's a fibula which is a a brooch if you like. Okay. And there's a fibula called the Bulak fibula, and it has an inscription written on it, and that, lovely listeners. Yeah, go and take a look at that. We'll throw you a link or two. Go and see what you make of the fertility leak connection with this rune. Okay. I'm going to leave that one as a little puzzle for you. (laughs) The fertility leak connection of the Bulak fibula. Yes. Right, got you. Okay. What could possibly go wrong? I know, right? (laughs) We're going to put the links in. They'll be fine. Awesome, good. So, yeah, take a look at at that rune, that interpretation of this rune, and see what you feel about whether fertility fits in your own understanding of this rune. Okay. Whether it doesn't, whether the vegetable fits in your own understanding of this rune, whether it doesn't, or whether this is work that you might consider starting or undertaking. I mean, I don't mind leeks. I like them in soup. Yeah. That's quite nice. Mm, potato and leek soup. Or stew. Mm, nice also bit of, good. Nice bit of stew. 
give me proper veggie stew. Lovely listeners, we're now very hungry. We're, we're going, going for stew. You, yeah, we're going <laughs> to leave you around the virtual campfire. We're just going to go over that way and, and actually use a mobile to dial a stew. I don't know dial how this is going to work. <laughs> it's 0800 dial a stew, isn't it? Press one for potato and leek. Stew you like. Press two for... Oh no, I've run out of stews. I don't um, know. Yeah, no, we're going to leave it there. <laughs> I, um, I, to be honest though, we've got a nice big virtual campfire going on in the middle of the virtual clearing. We could put one of those, one of those frames, those like where you dangle the, like the pole across the top of the fireplace. Yeah. The fire, right? Yeah. Hang a cauldron yeah. off it, not to get, not to get too, you know, if you'll. You put a tripod over it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. tripod. Tripod. That's the word. Not that kind of tripod. Can't hang soup off that? I mean, you could. I mean, it'd move really, really quickly. You'd have to put roller skates. You... Like, on you, so you could keep up with your soup. I mean, at least it's got its own lights fitted. Yeah. You know, those floodlights and things. You could get the, get it to, like, point that at, point those at the stew and give it a nice... St- the problem is you, you've got to worry about whether or not it's Martian ones or... Wherever the ones from the in the tripods came from, yeah, um, you have to be you have to keep an eye on what they're putting in the stew, yeah, because if it starts, you know, if it if they if they pull stuff out ingredients out of the bag and they've got like two arms, two legs, and they're flapping and wailing, you probably don't want them going in there. You don't. Um, You're never going to fit them in your cauldron, to be fair. Not really. No. No. Um, but yeah. I, I was just thinking, you know, we could say to the lovely listeners, you know, imagine, if you will, big cauldron mm. dangling over the fire with full of stew. And it can be it can be vegetable stew if you're of the vegetarian persuasion or, you know, that's the nice thing. We don't have to worry about like cross contamination and stuff. If you want it to be full of like big lumps of meat or whatever, that's fine, too. Mm. You know, just go with whatever. It's all good. Help yourself to stew. To stew. Yeah. On that note, lovely listeners, <laughs> we're going to leave you contemplating today's episode. Thank you very, very much for joining us around the virtual campfire with our tripod. <laughs> oh, God, so we're going to have to find... It's a small oh. tripod. It's got a higher note to it now. Yeah, there we go. Are we going to have to find room in the clearing for a small tripod now as well? <laughs> yeah. Fine. The virtual clearing, it'll be fine. Fine. Lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this episode. We will both see you next time on episode 161. If you would like to find us online, you kind of know where we are by now. Mm. But if you're a very new, shiny, brand new, lovely listener, the back catalogue's all up on Podbean. Have at it. Go and browse to your browsing hearts content browsing 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 yeah um yeah if you want to if you want to find our um discord server you can come and visit us at our virtual virtual campfire uh, yeah. on discord which you can find via uh facebook um just pop onto facebook and uh, go to frithcast pod uh, that's facebook.com slash frithcast pod and you'll find our little page there which has links to a a, a, a group on facebook and to our Discord server, you'd be more than welcome to come and join us. Yeah, it's all good. And if that's it's all complicated, just give one of us a nudge and we'll throw you an invite. It's no problem at all. Yep. That can never be done. Bother. 
And so if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook under the name Suzanne Martin. You can also find me on what's left of Twitter and on my blog. What's left of Twitter? At Geether and Jeans. X. Oh. X. No. No. The the unsearchable for social media platform. Yeah. Um, Social media, media platform formerly known as... Twitter, yeah. yeah, where you now have to go to Google and type X and it'll go, oh, I'll search for X then. All right, here's all the things called X. And there you go. Um, and if you want to find me, uh, you can either visit my um, sorry excuse for a blog, which is at squalllines.net. So that's squall, S-Q-U-A-L-L-I-N-E-S dot net. Or you can just send a message to, to Suzanne and she'll it's get it good. to me. Yeah. In the event you want to contact me for any reason whatsoever. It'd be grand to see you around the virtual virtual campfire and share a drink and a biscuit and a set of warm knees. And we Not pop- sharing of the knees, because that would be a bit weird. I've well, got my own knees. I can bring those. You can, you can bring them. You yeah. can, you know, compare compare knees, whatever. I don't know. Uh, and uh, with apologies to H.G. Wells, then. Um, <laughs> we'll talk to you all next time on bye. episode 161. <laughs> see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.